0: W B N E.
1: Hello from elsewhere, I'm Valerie, hanging out in the low-gravity future of fully colonized Mars with a podcaster extraordinaire who has three podcasts to his name, including one of my favorites, sort of Star Wars, and my kid's new favorite, Dad Reads Books. Not to mention, he has an incredibly creative logo design company and is married with four children. Welcome, Ryan Lehman.
0: Wow, thank you. You guys do the best introductions here. It is amazing.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks. Uh, Just reading your introduction makes me tired for you. Like, how do you have time for all of that plus a day job? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it can be a lot, but it's a lot of uh, late nights. Uh, I don't get to bed before midnight very often, but yeah, that's how it is. So.
1: I think that's how it is as a parent, especially because anytime you want to do something creative for yourself, you have to just like make the time and kind of squeeze it in. And usually that means after the kids are in bed, like you and I. Right,
0: Right, exactly. It's like, and any time that I'm like not doing something productive, like watching TV or just like being on my phone, I'm like, I feel like I should be doing something else right now with my time. But I usually just stay on the couch and just watch TV.
1: well everybody has to have a break sometimes you need that absolutely yes
0: exactly (laughs) but yeah thanks thanks for bringing me on the show
1: yeah i'm so glad you were able to come on so my first question for you is what was your first memory of a story whether like a book or a movie so as a little kid what do you remember what sticks out
0: i it's it's hard for me to remember i know like we did a lot of like kids books i remember i had like the uh, old hat, new hat book memorized because we read it so often. But I would say probably like my first like story story. Um, I remember when I was at my parents' first house or the first house when I was alive. um, And this is more through my parents telling the story, I think, than me actually actually remembering it. But me and my two brothers used to play uh three ninjas because we love the movie three ninjas i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's this kind of not great movie about these (laughs) it's like it's these three brothers and they get like a i forget the story really but they get like a mr miyagi figure in their life that teaches them karate and of course they end up like having to like fight these like other ninjas and it's like totally unrealistic but i had two brothers and so we each like took one of the like it was Rocky Colt and Tum-Tum and we each took one of their names and pretended to be them. We had like bathrobes we would wear, you know, as our ninja suits and my parents talk about how we used to come up from the basement after pretending to be the three ninjas just like drenched in sweat from all the activity we were do- we were doing in the basement. So I would say that was probably one of my first memories of like an actual story would be The Three Ninjas. <laughs> Not a great movie, but it was still fun. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: The real question is: Do you have a copy of that, and have you shown it to your children?
0: I have not. I was, I, I haven't thought about that movie in a long time, and I think that maybe I might have to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got to bring it back.
0: Yes, exactly. It would be interesting to watch it now and see how bad it really is. Because at the time, we didn't think it was bad. We thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. This like. 10 year old kids you know being ninjas against like grown men and they were winning and we're like oh man that's the coolest thing in the world but now i wonder how it looks like now <laughs> so
1: yes there are certain movies from your childhood that are always hard to rewatch.
0: <laughs> right exactly
1: <laughs> okay ryan the big question the whole center of our interview mm. here What piece of fiction do you love above all others?
0: I don't know if anyone has told you this, but this is the world's hardest question. (laughs) It's like trying (laughs) to pick a favorite child. Um, (laughs) So I, after much deliberation, came to the Red Rising trilogy as my favorite favorite fiction of all time. And um, I'm still torn about it. Um, But... I was, telling, I was talking to my wife about this question um, and I said, well, my life has kind of been like in stages. Like um, when I was like in middle school, it was the Ender's Game trilogy or the Ender's Game series. And then in high school, it was Lord of the Rings. And then shortly after high school, it was The Maze Runner. And now I'm into Red Rising. And of course, Star Wars has been there my entire life. So I'm like, well, Star Wars or is Red Rising just like my favorite right now and Star Wars my favorite forever? So there was uh, much, much deliberation there. So I I decided on the Red Rising trilogy and in two years I might have a different answer, but that's my answer today.
1: That's the best part about this question is we can just go back and re-interview people, and they can change their answers in two years.
0: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: <laughs> is it still your favorite? We want to know.
0: <laughs> it's like when they do like the Shark Tanks, and like the people like you know they they buy into it, and then like three seasons later, they're like checking back in with. Whatever a product it is, to see how successful they are, it's like we'll checking it back if, in. Yeah. Is this still your favorite? Yeah.
1: We should give us a few years into the podcast, and then we'll come back to you. Right. <laughs> I I think I feel the same. Like my favorite as a kid was definitely different from my favorite now. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say my favorite as a kid was like the cul-de-sac kids. uh I don't know if you ever read the I never read read that kids. either. <laughs>
1: What is it? The three ninjas and like, the cul-de-sac kids are these things I need to put on my yeah, to read and to watch your list. list.
0: <laughs> the cul-de-sac kids was like my first like chapter books, and they were like mysteries, and like all these kids, you know, lived on a cul-de-sac, and they would get together and try and solve the mystery. It was mm, like
1: solve the mysteries.
0: A lamer boxcar children. Okay, if, I mean box boxcar children isn't riveting, anyways, but this is like even like a step below that. But
1: so you mentioned that this is a very difficult question to answer. How long did it take you to decide mm-hmm. what your favorite piece of fiction is?
0: Uh, Definitely a couple days to decide. Um, just because, like I said, Star Wars has just been there forever, and I love Star Wars. Um, but something about the Red Rising trilogy, and I call it a trilogy, it's actually five books now, um, and I've reread the first three... Yeah. Yeah. So I've reread the first three, three times and I tried to read the fourth one and the fourth one got a little different where the author did every chapter is a different character. And so we don't have the same main character story anymore. And that kind of threw me off. And I don't really like that. Um, I liked, I liked the main character that they had, and I just wanted to read about his story, but then they introduced all these other people from first point of view. And I mean, that's how Game of Thrones was too, where every chapter was from the different point of view of someone else. And it was really hard to keep track of the overall story for me anyways. Um, so I just stick with the first three books and maybe I'll attempt the fourth and fifth one again at some point. But um, okay. something about this trilogy, like as soon as I finish it, I want to start it over again and redo the whole thing so i don't know what it is exactly but it's yeah (laughs) i don't know what it is about it but
1: yeah that's fun that it sucks you back in though that you i feel like that with harry potter yeah you get to the end of the harry potter and you're like wow Mm. that's sad that i'm done i guess i should just start back over
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i tried so With the Harry Potters, I was really trying to get into Harry Potter. I'd watch, I'd rewatched all the movies, and I was like, I'm going to read the books because you know the books people have said are better than the movies. And I got to about the middle of Goblet of Fire, and then they announced that the new Red Rising book was going to be coming out, and I was like, oh man, I have to go back and reread all the Red Rising books in order, you know, to read the new Red Rising book. And so I paused Goblet of Fire and it's still on a page, still on page hundred and eighty of Goblet of Fire for like the last six months, eight months, I don't know. It's been a long time <laughs> since since I've got back to that book. So
1: well then this book sounds like it's definitely your favorite right now. If you have to if you have to stop Harry yeah, Potter yeah. to <laughs> to read Red Rising again, then yeah. <laughs> so you said that Red Rising, you usually read the first 3. Do you feel like it finishes well enough after the first 3, like it feels completed to you that you don't need the rest of the books?
0: It it does to me. It feels completed in the same way that Return of the Jedi feels completed, where like the main evil has been vanquished, but it doesn't really set up for the future at all like um what's gonna happen after like who's gonna be in charge now that the in in star wars it's who's gonna be in charge now that the empire is gone who's gonna be you know the senators of the republic and all this stuff um and it's the same way in this book where at the end not to spoil it but the good guys do win at the end of the third book and it's like okay what what happens next how do they make a new society um once the old one is destroyed and the fourth book came in 10 years after the third book and it was kind of like trying to pick up those pieces and saying how you know it's it's still everything's in chaos still and they're trying to make a a viable government out of it and so that it the story i felt like it was ended and it was a trilogy for a long time before he started the fourth book so it does feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there so i'm fine with the ending of the third book and i'm okay to stop there for now (laughs)
1: That's good to know, because I read the first one, um, since you mentioned it a few months ago on the Discord, and then I was like, okay, I put it on my to-read list, and then you mentioned that it was <laughs> the one that you wanted to talk about for the episode, uh, for the interview here, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to read at least the first one, and uh, so I I, I can't did not believe Managed to finish it. we <laughs> If, well, I so how, my library didn't have it. So I was like, okay, how can I get it? And I was mm, like, I don't know if I want to buy it. So then I was like, oh, I can do a, a free Audible trial. And mm, so I did an yes. Audible trial and I listened to the audiobooks. Do you prefer the audiobooks or reading it?
0: Well, I'm I'm listening to the audiobooks for the first time right now. And okay. I did not know that they had, I guess, an Irish or Scottish they accent, whatever it is. definitely sound I'm not sure. Irish, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That caught me way off guard. But I do like it. Um I feel like when I'm reading I can go quicker. Um but I can I can't read while I'm driving, so I may have
1: a... <laughs> You haven't managed to figure that out yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't figured that one out yet. Um I have a eight minute drive to work, so I pop Audible in and uh, listen for eight minutes to work and then eight minutes home for my lunch break then eight minutes back to work then eight minutes home so that's <laughs> that's how I've been consuming this book while trying to fit podcasts all in between there so if I just sit down and read it I can blow through it a lot faster but it is interesting to hear different voices also it's interesting to hear how things are pronounced yes um,
1: and when they talk about the high ha- lingo and the low lingo and you're like okay right. I can hear that and how they're speaking
0: Right, exactly, and with so much like I guess it's the Roman or Greek like terminology, um, like I wasn't sure exactly how to read the words, um I like I said them a certain way in my mind, but I didn't know if I was right, um, and I thought, oh, with the audible with the audiobook, I'll be able to hear how it's supposed to set how it's supposed to be said, but still with an Irish accent, I'm not exactly sure how it's supposed to be, <laughs> be said because I don't talk in an Irish accent, so
1: <laughs> yes, they are all of the the gold seem to have uh very latin names very roman names. yes
0: yes but like words like imperator and praetor, and like all these words i'm like ah, i don't know if that's the right way to say it but i guess now i had now i know how to say it with an irish accent so
1: <laughs> close enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: I feel like they've got to be pretty similarly pronounced. Yeah. And that's the yeah. interesting thing about having listened to it first is that I don't know how to spell any of these. Like I'm thinking about these oh, words and right. I'm like, I don't know how you spell that at all. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah. Like the one, the one family's. So like everything is like by family and the one family's last name, he pronounces as Julii, but it's spelled J-U-L-U-I-I. And like, I was like, the, forever reading that, I was like, I have no idea how to pronounce that Julie, you know yeah. what I mean? But then he says Julia. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. So <laughs>
1: I'll take your word for it. We've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves. So let's go back. Yes. For, okay. for those who haven't read Red Rising, how would you describe it to them?
0: Well, I had a difficult time making this into a short description. So I'll do it the best that I can to make it. Sure. Um, So basically it takes place in the future and all of society is based on a color-based social hierarchy. So um, like the golds are at the top and then you have like silvers, whites, blues, grays, yellows, all these colors. And each of those colors means a different thing. Like in like the grays are police, yellows are doctors, uh, whites are lawyers, obsidians are soldiers. So each color... Is a different has a different job in society. And at the very, very, very bottom of everyone is the Reds. Um, and they're like the manual laborers. And uh, our main character, Darrow, is a Red. And so basically, Earth is overcrowded. So they're sending Reds to Mars to uh, mine a certain... Um, what do you a call mineral, it? Mineral, guess. I guess. Yeah, a mineral mm-hmm. called helium-3. And that is used to terraform planets. So um, it make, makes a planets inhabitable. So these Reds are told that once they mine this enough helium-3, they'll move to the surface of Mars and they'll be like praised and they'll be higher in society because they helped with the terraforming. But uh, there's very strict, strict rules in the mines and Darrow and his wife... And Darrow's like 16 years old. Him and his wife go to a part of Mars where they're not supposed to. And then Darrow's wife in rebellion sings an illegal song. And that's kind of like very simplifying everything. Um, So she gets hanged, um, which is uh, the punishment for singing this particular song. So obviously Darrow's upset. So he tries to kill himself, but he is saved by a group of terrorists Um, that are anti the society Um, and they show him the truth that mars has actually been terraformed for over 700 years and they've just been living under the surface of mars being told that they're still working at making mars inhabitable but all the planets are pretty much inhabitable uh, and mars is has a huge city on the surface of it and basically the reds have been treated as slaves for the last 700 years um and they want darrow to be turned into a gold and sent into uh society and basically take down gold from the inside um and i know it sounds like i'm like giving away spoilers but this all happens in like the first couple chapters i mean it's not very far in the book a
1: lot happens Um, in the first quarter of the book yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so so they turn him into a gold which is a pretty intense process And the Golds are like superior beings, like they're uh, taller, they're extremely physically fit, they're like perfect human specimens. Um, And then he gets sent to the Gold Institute where you, it's like a school, but um, the people who come out of the school are called Peerless Scarred, and they are the highest of the society, of like the highest of, like the best of the best of the best. So then it gets a little Hunger Games-ish where at the institute there's like 1200 kids and they're divided into houses and basically each house tries to conquer all the other houses and whoever wins um basically gets their pick of what they want to do with the rest of their lives so whoever comes out on top is can be like um can have their own fleet of starships and they can like they just have very high rank um so darrow's goal is to win at the institute and not be discovered that he's secretly a red and get a starship fleet basically and high rank so he can destroy the gold and free his people the reds um and also the other low colors like browns are like um servants i guess and like other low colors like that he's just trying to basically bring more equality and free his people from slavery basically and that's I think the end of the description.
1: <laughs> I think you did a great job. I, okay, I like okay. the way that you said that it gets kind of Hunger Games because that's what it reminded me of mm. once you get to the school. It's like if Hunger yeah. Games was a school built in space. Um, right. Which if I, before I read it, I think I was picturing more along the lines of like Ender's Game. Like it'd be mm. a school with competition and there might be some bullying and cheating kind of right under the surface like under the facade of the school but yeah this school's competition is far more brutal and similar to hunger games but even more rigged which is
0: right right so yeah i yeah i forgot in hunger games they did have like i forget what they call them sponsors or whatever that like drop um, yeah goodies for them and it's like very similar in this where um they get like certain houses get special treatment um But really, the rules are, like, anything goes. I mean, the goal isn't to kill people, like in the Hunger Games, but there's no penalty against it. So when you have 1,200 of these, like, elite humans and they're all, like, power hungry, they're going to definitely uh, injure and kill each other. And that happens more than it should, but nobody does anything about it, so...
1: Yes, it gets to be a very intense book.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely very intense. Usually I tell people uh, ahead of time, just be careful. The book is pretty uh, gory and violent and vulgar, like all those three things. And usually I'm not into books that have a whole lot of that. But something about this one, Darrow as the main guy is not... um, He doesn't like doing that, where it feels like some of the other people, that's what they're there for. Whereas Darrow is like, I have to do this so I can succeed in the society, but I don't enjoy doing this. I don't want to be a killer. Um, I just want to try and get through and be like, just win without having to do everything immoral. But it seems like that's what you got to do to succeed in this game.
1: Yeah, Darrow comes at it from a very... For the greater good, kind of a standpoint.
0: Right, right. And when you see
1: how terrible everybody is, you can agree that this society definitely needs to change.
0: It kind of reminds me, I know there's a lot of like Greek and Roman um, influence, and it kind of does remind me of like back in like the gladiator days where you have all these people, like the, uh, they're called proctors, like these people that are watching them. And I guess it's shown all throughout the galaxy as well, or all throughout Mars at least, these games and like people are watching these kids like 16 17 18 year olds like go around and try to conquer and kill each other and they're just like cheering them on and they you know they're rooting for their favorite person to kill another person and it's just very strange like you can definitely tell the influence there um but it's like the same kind of mindset where uh, there's not the same sort of um value of human life because that's what they're training to do um yeah, it's just interesting.
1: I wanted to mention that you keep saying his name Darrow, and it makes me think of the, the audio book because of the, with his accent, he always calls him Darrow.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I just, I've always said Darrow, that's how I got in the habit of it, but.
1: I think I probably I would was, too. Is it spelt, I picture it spelt D-A-R-R-O-W, is that?
0: Right, yeah, it's just, it's just arrow with a with D, the D, D on the front.
1: Yeah, I would have yeah. said Darrow yeah. too. Yeah, but when yeah. you're Irish, I guess you can say Darrow,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so when did you first read Red Rising?
0: Um, it was probably four years ago. Yeah, f- probably four years ago. A guy at work, we were talking about different books that we that we read, um, and I think it was shortly after I finished the. Um, Divergent series and I was really super disappointed with that series and I was talking to a guy at work who had read the same series and he's like yeah it was pretty bad but if you want a good one read Red Rising I was like "Eh, reading is like it takes a long time you know I can just watch stuff you know (laughs) and he's like no you have to read this book they're going to make it into a movie so I was like my like oh they're going to make it into a movie but that was like five years ago and there's still not really any intentions to actually make it into a movie but um I said he kept badgering me about it. I said, "Fine, you want me to read it? You order it off Amazon, and if I like it, I'll pay you for it. And if I don't, then you're stuck with the book." <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he was so sure. He's like, "Okay, oh, order it, no problem." And as soon as I started reading it, like in the like, I just like blew through it. And I, I don't know how many. It was just a couple days that I read it in, and I don't really read books that fast normally. I know my wife gets pretty annoyed when I read the Red Rising series because that's pretty much all I want to do. She wants to watch TV or down. play games yeah. or whatever, right? And I just want to read the I just want to read the books. So, um, I remember when I finished the first book, I wanted to read the second book so bad. I had ordered it on Amazon, but it hadn't come yet, and so I downloaded the Kindle sample so I could at least read the first like four chapters while I waited for. It the book to come into the mail (laughs) and yeah i just couldn't wait to read it so yeah that was my first memory of the book so i was very skeptical at first but it won me over pretty quick
1: i love that that's a great introduction to a story (laughs) that he was he was willing to buy it (laughs) yeah it took me a little while to get into it and part of that i think was that it As an audio book, they always take me a little more time to get into. Okay. I don't usually jump into the story quite as quickly. Um, But I do like with an audio book, I can listen while I'm, you know, feeding the kids lunch or doing dishes or like you don't have to stop doing other things. (laughs) So that's nice.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: And so I'm trying to think. It probably took me on the audio book. It probably took me five or six days to listen to it.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's... It's, I don't know how many hours it is. It's like 18 hours or something like that. I think so. it was
1: 16 and a half or something. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So relatively long. but Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that it is a trilogy because I wondered about that. I looked it up on Goodreads and it then mentioned five and then there was an untitled number six. Like I think there's a sixth book coming out. And so I was like, Oh really? Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyways, I was like, mm. "Oh, I was like, I I liked the first one, but I don't know if I'm invested enough for like six books. <laughs> like, that's a yeah. that's a long haul kind of." there's very few where if it's more than three i'm i'm out and uh but yeah so i i would definitely i'm gonna read the second third then i liked it enough that i would i want to i want to finish it
0: they get better for me as they go on because the story like the first the first book is kind of small it's kind of like most of the time is spent at the institute doing like basically doing a game most of the time Mm -hmm. um whereas in the second book um, it really expands. It talks about like all the planets and how um, like some of his friends get sent to like Pluto and stuff like that. And so it's like I like how it expands like to the whole galaxy, but it doesn't um, like Star Wars. There's not much you can like relate to anything because everything is a totally new planet. Everything is like um, like you don't you're not familiar with what they're talking about as far as like planets and stuff like that. But this one is like still within. The planets that we know um and so it's like oh yeah okay so they have like this map and you can see the planets and where like who um like is in charge of what areas and stuff like that um so it's just cool to see this is within the realm that we know of um so it's a little relatable in that sense a little bit um but the whole story just kind of as stories do get gets more complicated and um, he starts to realize that although he's fighting the golds, and he realizes this in the first book, the gold, some of the golds become his best friends, and they're going to be his friends forever. And so at some point, is he going to have to reveal to them that he is secretly a red, and he's got this mission to basically destroy the golds, or at least their way of life? Um, and will they stick by him as they find that out, or will they betray him and stuff like that? So it's interesting to see how the friendships change and the friendships develop, develop um, with with Darrow and his yeah his main characters in the first book.
1: Yes, that makes me excited to see where the friendships go. Yeah. Well, I think I can tell the answer to this question. But who's your favorite character in The Red Rising?
0: Darrow, but for sure, Darrow. There's some <laughs> close ones. It, I like.
1: I was gonna say, I like, are there even close ones?
0: yeah there's close ones I like Severo and Mustang um they're both pretty good um there's some other there's some other characters later on um that are probably closer seconds um but you wouldn't know who they were I don't so know them we'll yet we'll just leave them out for now yeah
1: <laughs> we'll have to talk later once I've read the second yeah we'll but... talk <laughs> <laughs> I have the second one on hold at my library so it should okay, be a nice. few a few weeks till I get it probably <laughs> Yeah, I was surprised that I really loved Pax. Like, at first, you were kind of oh, like, uh, eh, yeah. he's just a big, giant thug, you know? Right. Uh, but as yeah. his characters, you get to know him more. And, like, when he's so excited that Daryl's, like, on his side now, and you're like, <laughs> right. that's, that's fun. That's, like...
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's... Yeah. Pax, it's such, like, a... Like you, you like start to love him, and then yeah. Well, I don't know, I want to spoil it.
1: And then, and then,
0: <laughs> yes. And the, and then stuff happens, and you're like, and oh, stuff come happens. on, what in the world? Yeah, yeah. But they kind of have like in in the next book, they kind of I don't want to say it's a Pax replacement, but they bring in a similar character um, that you that kind of plays the same role as like a bodyguard, basically for Darrow, where Pax was for Mustang. But it's kind of like the same type of role that you learn to like love this guy that. It's just like this huge kind of strange guy, but you just learn to love him. Yeah.
1: Okay. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yeah. Okay. My first question is, who is your favorite fictional protagonist?
0: This, I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but this was the <laughs> hardest question <laughs> of the this, whole thing.
1: I was going to say, was this harder than this, <laughs> the, fic, the favorite piece of fiction question?
0: Yes. I, I had it narrowed down. It was by far harder. I had it narrowed down to... Like three people until like lunchtime today. And then I was like, okay, I just got to decide on one. It's not that big of a deal. I just decide on one and then we'll be good. Um, And I will have to pick Rey Skywalker as my favorite fictional protagonist. So I think... Such a good uh, one. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't sure about it. Um, I had some other ones. And then this weekend we saw Rise of Skywalker again. And I was like, how can I not pick Rey as my favorite? (laughs) She's just amazing amazing i love how even though she uh was basically alone like most of her life she still finds such like she finds joy in such uh simple things it's like when in the force awakens when you see her encountering um like the greenery of um like maz's palace for the first time or uh i think it's the last jedi when she's like experiencing rain and she's just like holding her hand out she's like so like happy to experience rain because oh yeah she grew up in a desert planet um and at the same time she's like so that's kind of like innocent but at the same time she's so compassionate and headstrong and um obviously amazing with the force which makes her awesome um so she just like finds a way to inspire hope i think to anyone who watches her so that's why i love ray
1: Awesome, Ray is amazing, and I'm jealous that you got to see Rise of Skywalker again. What is that number? Uh, Number four. Three. Number three. That was three.
0: Yeah, three. Yeah. So yeah, it It's so good. That is one that I mean, obviously, because it's new. As soon as I'm done watching, I was like, I want to see it again. I want to see. It's like going on a roller coaster. As soon as it's done, you're like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. Yes. Like Rise of Skywalker is like that for me. I don't know if any of the last couple have been like that but that was one that's definitely as soon as it was over I'm like I need to watch it again so yeah
1: yeah I agree okay who is your favorite fictional villain
0: I would say Heath ledger's joker I think is the best villain of all time
1: he's so creepy
0: oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I know he's got he's got the villain thing down I mean he's he not really like, does su- yeah he's not like super powerful but like what he does with what he has is just amazing um and yeah just just to see yeah just to watch him you're like like I don't like that guy but somehow I do like that guy I don't know it's a very strange like I like him but he's a terrible person I don't know it's strange for me but.
1: yeah as far as villains that are most villainous I agree like he he creeps me out so much with his like <laughs> mind you know like his psychological mm. warfare kind of yes. style of villainy that yeah. I don't ever, I don't ever watch The Dark Knight. Like I, I just skip it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just watch Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises because <laughs> I can't uh, take the Joker. He's too much for me.
0: <laughs> the one time, uh, me and my two brothers decided to watch all three Batman, Batman movies in one night. Um, and we thought, oh, this will be fun. They're fun movies. I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, lots of action. But it was like by the end of the by the end of those three movies, we just felt like so depressed and down. Like those movies are They're so dark. dark. And yeah, it was just like, Oh man, this was a bad decision. We should have should've watched a more up upbeat movie probably. <laughs> so Yeah, in between. <laughs> right. Yeah. What would you
1: space it with? You're like, all right, we're gonna watch Batman uh, Begins and then Singing in the Rain, um, and then the, rain, the Dark Knight, yeah. and um, then... Some Abbott,
0: Abbott Costello movies, <laughs> there <you> uh, go. <laughs> maybe some Land Before Time, you know, <laughs> just to bring Light. us back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I have a Star Wars c- question for you. Okay. What Star Wars planet would you live on, and what would be your occupation there?
0: I guess I would live on... I would. My go-to answer is Naboo. I like Naboo. I think it's an awesome planet um naboo i guess is the proper way to say it naboo um but my occupation i mean the best occupation in star wars has to be jedi so i'd want to be a jedi but i don't know what they do on naboo so um <laughs> for for some reason i'm a jedi living on naboo maybe um, you're in
1: retirement i'm just kidding
0: yes <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching Gungans how to use a lightsaber properly. That's my job. There you go. So. I was
1: going to say, you could have a, a Jedi temple on Naboo and and yeah. you know, teach the younglings. <laughs> okay. If you could only read one kid's book to your kids for the rest of their childhood, what book would it be?
0: Oh, The Places You'll Go. That's an easy one. That's my favorite one to read. Oh, that's I fun. You didn't almost, even have to question almost it. almost have it memorized. No. Yeah. <laughs> I almost have it memorized. Um, usually like if I get like the first, like two or three words of the page, I can do like a couple pages. Um, but yeah, I, I just love reading that book. Dr. Seuss is amazing, obviously. Um, but something about the rhythm of that book specifically, uh, I just really enjoy it. So
1: that's pretty good. I feel like most of the books, my kids want me to read over and over again. I just get really sick of, so it's hard to have a a <laughs> yeah. favorite one that you'd want to read forever. <laughs>
0: One that like I feel like everybody's like, oh, it's a great kids book is Go Dog Go, and I understand it teaches them colors and up and down and numbers and stuff like that. But I'm like, I cannot read this book. It doesn't have a rhythm. It doesn't rhyme. It's very like, duh 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 duh. I'm like, I don't, I don't enjoy reading it. But yeah,
1: it's very repetitive.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And a final question for you Ryan. What's your okay. guilty pleasure movie?
0: Oh man. Um it has to be a movie. It can't be a TV show.
1: I'll take TV show. Okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> I make the rules.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> I love The Hills. I don't know if you ever watched The Hills.
1: I've heard of it but, but I've never it watched like, it.
0: Uh, it was like Laguna Beach spin-off. Um and me and a friend of mine used to watch it. And it's just like a super like reality show, drama show. Um, but I have The Hills Season 1 on DVD. And I don't watch it very often, but it's definitely one of my guilty pleasures.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Just don't tell anyone. Okay. okay. It's a secret. Hush, hush. Okay, it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I won't be posting this anywhere. So, you know.
0: Okay, perfect. It's, it's
1: fine. <laughs> Well, Ryan, thanks so much for coming on and letting me interview you and talk about Red Rising. Yeah. I have no one else to talk about it with, so.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I rarely get to talk to anyone about it, so this was awesome. And it was awesome that you read it or that you listened to it so that we could talk about it in even more depth. So that's awesome. So thank you for letting me talk to, to you about Red Rising.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And where can people find you?
0: like you said i got a couple different podcasts um but you can find me personally on uh twitter and instagram at sort of star wars that's at s-o-r-t-a star wars and uh there i i post about all my different things so yeah i
1: want to say a mega thanks to all our listeners and especially our patrons You too can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash hello from elsewhere, and for only $3 a month, you get access to our Discord, where we have fun discussing the podcast and all things nerdy. Hello from Elsewhere is a proud member of WBNE. You can go to wbne.org to find out all about the podcasts that are part of the network like this one. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today, you're about to find your new favorite theater podcast. I'm Becca. And I'm Eni and we're the hosts of Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. And when we say casual, we mean casual. We don't know every show in existence, and we don't pretend to. Our show is mostly about how perfect Jeremy Jordan is. And what we would do if we met Lin-Manuel Miranda on the street. I would be unable to move or form words. This is a show for theater nerds by theater nerds. Every Wednesday on WBNE. Sincerely, us. You're gonna have to get used to that shtick. <laughs> we use it every single episode. <laughs> sincerely us is such a fun podcast you guys should definitely check it out be sure to follow us on instagram and twitter at elsewhere underscore pod awesome and ryan will you give us a happy beeps happy beeps happy beeps